Hello everybody and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. It's the Hungarian Grand Prix talking time. My name's Matthew Gallagher, of course, and joining me right over there in my dreams and in the virtual world, it's Tommy Bellingham. How are you, darling? I'm good. I enjoyed the race despite everything. Not the greatest of all time, but we'll go into it, won't we? We will indeed. Shall we dive into some three-word race reviews? I think Let's that's a lovely idea. At Formula Dank Memes, rain disappointed us. At Aaron underscore W01, AWS go away. At F1 underscore memes dot guy, Mercedes are boring. And at Mr. CJNK255, Max's engineers masterclass. Yes, yes, rain did disappoint us, Formula Dank memes, and AWS does need to go away. I will happily agree with that one. Mercedes, yeah, and Max's engine, yeah. Do you agree with all of those, Tommy? Four four out of four. Well done, guys. Yeah, there's no points for uh, three-word race reviews if we we agree with them. But uh, there were a few talking points, for sure, coming out of the Hungarian Grand Prix. Um, But I think we should go, well, one of them was kind of mentioned in your three-word race review, Tommy. (laughs) Three-word race review. Three-word race review is... Great strategy calls. Please and dive into exactly what you mean there, Tommy. I will. There are two, actually, two things. So I will start with the lesser known one. And a video is now doing the rounds anyway. But um, Sebastian Vettel, bit of a legend. I do love it when a driver takes things into his own hands and says, I'm the one that knows the conditions. I'm the one driving. Because if... Cause can you remember Germany when Hamilton had that huge lead and he knew he was on the right tyre, but his team told him to come in and then it wasn't the right tyre and he went off. And it's happened so many times, so many other incidents. And obviously, Charles Leclerc, we know what Ferrari are like with their strategies. Charles Leclerc got absolutely shafted because they put the softs on. But I didn't realise until after the race when I saw this video that, because I think it was missed on the world feed, that they asked Seb to pit for softs and he went... Uh, no mediums. So he did indeed. He, yeah, he said that the uh, the rain was stopping. Surely the mediums was a better shout. And well, look look how <laughs> look how much he benefited from that after Leclerc was causing a train, wasn't he? Uh, indeed. It took so, yeah. so long for cars to get through. You had Renaults joining the party, McLarens joining the party, Racing Point and Perez, and yeah, Vettel could have easily been in exactly the same situation. I, I find it odd that they would they would force their hand so early with the soft tyre choice, clearly not going to be able to go that far into the race. And maybe they were gambling on the fact that it was going to rain again and they could just have a short stint on the quicker compounder tyre. But it just seems like an unnecessary sort of risk considering that they'd made so many places up at the start of the race. Reminds me, was it 20... There was an era era kind of when, I think it was maybe 2016, where it seemed every race Sebastian Vettel was taking strategy into his own hands because Ferrari were making such bad calls that he was pretty much deciding the strategy as he went along and kind of going against his team because he was so sick of it. And yeah, I do love seeing that. And then also on the flip side, we should talk about a team that we don't tend to talk about a lot because they don't tend to do a lot, but Haas, amazing strategy call from them and penalty aside it didn't really matter because they gained so many positions and who would have thought that we'd see a Haas in p3 and p4 at some point in the race that was pretty mega so good yeah job from uh, amazing Haas. to see uh we, we we almost saw was it Kvyat was he asking to come in as well he was indeed yeah yeah and and didn't come in in the end 
and we saw both Hastas coming in. And, you know, I was looking at the time deltas for the first couple of laps and it didn't look particularly great, but just purely because they got the, the pit stop out the way, then pretty much joined the back of the, the pack after after a while. They they gained massively and it was a huge strategy call and, and one that worked really well. So, yeah, it was great to see just like in previous, you know, not not recent years, but back in the day when midfield teams would do an, an amazing call like this and be higher up the grid. Obviously, they fell away, but Magnussen yeah. had an unbelievable race. It has to be said. You, when you in look at points. both Grosjean and Magnussen, were in very similar situations. Grosjean fell away, getting involved in battles, losing time. And I think we heard uh, during the race, there was a team radio to Magnussen saying, look, it's all about the total race time here. Lose as little time as possible, which basically means just let the faster guys through. There's no point fighting them. And 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 they did it perfectly with Kevin, didn't they? Exactly. I, I mean, I don't want to get into um, kind of having a go at Roman Grosjean straight away, but I think they said on the commentary, didn't they, that, well, there's no doubt that Alex Albon move was quite the dive bomb and borderline <laughs> very cheeky. Grosjean's in a hass and he needs to kind of think, I'm not racing these guys, get out the way. And yeah, okay, it um, it was a ve- from very far back and he maybe wasn't expecting it, but it damaged his wing as well, which he was um, he mentioned on Instagram, I believe, afterwards as well, saying that it was the, the contact with Albon that actually damaged his car and, and it was a bit of a struggle from then on. But Magnussen, like you say, played it perfectly. And while it's not the most interesting thing to see, because obviously we want to see... We want to see drivers scrapping for every position, but they played it perfectly. And that Haas is absolutely dreadful. And the fact that Magnussen got P9, P10 after their um, penalty, I mean, it it paid dividends. So fair play to them. It did indeed. Uh, Classic Gamer X11 says, can anyone explain why the Haas cars both got penalties? Since when is calling your drivers in to the pits to change tyres, breaking the rules. It was a strategy change. Surely the rule was there to stop them giving information on how to drive the car, which in itself is a rubbish rule. Now, I haven't looked a huge amount into this, and hopefully you can shed light, Tommy, but it was that they were in a mode that they weren't allowed to be in. Was that right? It is not, no. The the oh. the situation is the fact, uh, from, from my understanding, and actually uh, our boy, Jack Aitken, kindly uh, responded to me as well and uh, gave his little... Uh, piece on it because i i didn't really know this well the reason i said that was because of drive there was something about driver assists no uh driver coaching it was called driver aids which is um the rule right i read that as driver aids as in literal something on the car but it was more the fact that they were telling them something yeah a hundred percent when i read that read read that it was driver aids because that was i think the description they gave I mean, yeah, hundred percent. I was, I was the same. That was like, oh, they're in some weird mode or something because it doesn't make it sound like the team are telling them stuff. Because I think the biggest confusion, and this is what I asked on Twitter, because you saw uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, and even last week, Lando Norris on his final lap, and the team being like, "Scenario seven, overtake out of turn one, do this, do that," and you think, well, they're allowed to say that. Why aren't they allowed to say anything? And Jack uh, cleared it up for me, and basically you're not allowed to coach or say anything on the formation lap. That is strictly against it. So um, I've got, uh, so if anyone interested, I've actually got the transcript from Magnussen and his team. And Magnussen obviously started on the wets, didn't he? Which was very bold. (laughs) Um, Yeah, extremely bold. And Magnussen goes, ah, we've done the wrong thing. It's already a dry line. And then his team says, understood, Kevin, what do you want to do? Uh, then they say, 
and then they decide so we'll start and then we'll figure out and magnuson says copy that and then the team say okay kevin we'll box now box now now the problem there is that they've made the call for magnuson to come in magnuson uh from from what i was told from jack and everything the rule is that magnuson could have made that call if he'd have gone it's a dry line i'm coming in it would have been no penalty but because the team said that's in. absolutely ridiculous oh yeah it? yeah i oh mean it's absolutely that ruling is mad. stupid yeah and it's confusing for fans which we'll go into later because there was another very odd penalty which is confusing that has actually come up before but the driver coaching thing they became a little bit farcical when they first tried to get rid of it because they wanted drivers to kind of do their own thing and then we had that ridiculous situation where i think it was rosberg going can i t- can i do this and the team didn't know whether they were even allowed to tell him whether he could change his engine from catching on fire or something i can't remember what it was but really ridiculous situation and i think the the silly thing is that when i was having this conversation uh, on twitter with jack that it would have been legal because someone replied to Jack and said, the reason Kvyat didn't get a penalty is because the team didn't answer him. Whereas if they'd have <laughs> said, come in, he'd have got a penalty. But because they kind of ignored him, it was fine. It's very odd. Very, very, very odd. I mean, I guess Haas won't care because they made so many positions up at the start. But odd. Odd rule. Stupid rule. Like, fair enough. I get that there are rules to to make sure that, you know the drivers have an element of skill and all that good stuff. But things like that is just, it's straight up just pointless. And, you know, you, you see Haas doing an amazing job. And then, as you say, it's confusing for fans. Don't really know why they're getting this 10 second penalty after the race. Driver aids, what does that mean? It just confuses people. And I'm completely against it, to be honest. And And it's a shame as well, because in the future, we may not see this happen again, where we have a, an outrageous call like that, because the team can't tell the driver that it's oh it's like it's drying up actually you should probably come into the pits it's because because my thought yeah because my thought of it was magnuson it's all right them saying they're not allowed to say anything and that magnuson and obviously the same happened with grosjean uh but the that magnuson so yeah magnuson is allowed to say i'm coming in for tires but not shall i come in for tires i mean that's how ridiculous it is really and I understand that they want the drivers to make the call, but at the same time, the fact that Haas can't even respond to that radio, like you say, it is going to stop people doing it because Magnussen isn't going to want to come into the pits in case they've not heard the radio for whatever reason or they're not ready for him. And he's, of course he's not going to, even if he says, I'm coming in for dries, he's not going to drive into the pit lane without any kind of confirmation, is he? Exactly, exactly. Um, silly ruling, hopefully it gets changed or clarified yeah. <laughs> i don't know um right moving on uh, well i say moving on <laughs> moving we're still on. talking about penalties <laughs> but um tom douglas 15 asks do you think the fia should provide far more insight into the dishing out of penalties a lot of confusion surrounding bottas's start as well as the has cars confusing not just for the fans but the commentators as well yeah and i think we've said that before we've said this in previous seasons that there needs to be an explanation as to why something isn't given or is given all the time for people that are watching. And I think there was some kind of, ah, oh, Bottas's start has been noted, <laughs> but there, there's, then there's no clarification after that. When, you know, if people don't know the rulings of, look, if you move before the line, a lot of people will assume that that is a penalty. I assumed that it was going to be a penalty because of how much he moved. 
but it turns out he was within the parameters of 0.2 of a second of the the window in which he's allowed to react to but then he was still in his box and I mean he's the luckiest man alive Valtteri Bottas I can't believe he's gotten away with this twice now um Uh, yeah and Vettel it was Vettel wasn't it in Japan last year or the year before because we had the very same conversation that was like he he kind of rolled forward and it was so blatantly a jump start I think that's that is the thing like you're saying that is so annoying for fans because for all sense and purposes a jump start is when you roll yeah forward when or get, move forward when the lights haven't changed and that's what he did and the fact that and the thing is even if he he didn't set the sensor off you're right and and the the tom douglas who sent this message in is right there needs to be something because i spent the whole race just going well why is there not a penalty yeah. and they they can have all these things like the tire graphics and nico rosberg cheering from the side of the thing but they can't simply put a little message up that says bottas's sensor didn't go off it's not a penalty this is why done exactly like, it needs that it needs clarification be. because it, it changes the whole perspective of the race for, for people watching because for most of it i was going well bottas is going to get a penalty so it doesn't matter that he's going to get past whoever and I was thinking that he was probably going to get a stop go or whatever it would have been. But nothing came of it. No clarification. Obviously, later on in the analysis, fine. But that, that doesn't matter. It's, it should be Indeed. during the, sh- uh, the race. That's the most important part where people are so invested in, the, in what's happening. But if you don't yeah. know where Bottas is going to be because it's been noted and that's it. It's the same as when like, penalties are given out after the race. It's just, it just spoils the show a little bit, in my opinion. Um, it's not um, as well... Yeah, you're totally right that we need to think about, obviously we live and breathe Formula One and we love it and we read everything about it and we absorb all the post-race stuff. But you've got to think that, I can't think of a percentage, but a lot of Formula One fans are going to be watching that race and then as soon as the race finishes, they will tune in next week. So there needs to be some kind of clarification in the race. You don't get it in other sports where you find out that, Oh, actually, this was a goal. Like, yeah, exactly. no, after the not, match, oh, it's not good. The other en- team it's won. not good enough. To be fair, like it really isn't crazy. Anyway, uh, Bottas's jump start. We mentioned it at four two six nine six c six c seven nine. I think pretty sure that person was also in IBR. Uh, why wasn't Bottas penalised for a clear jump start? Now, my understanding of it, and it was when I watched the Sky analysis afterwards with Karun and uh, Anthony Davidson, um, there is a window with which the driver is allowed to react to, or re- what was it? It's like it's 0.2 of a second. Yeah. yeah. They're allowed to move before the lights go out or that's like, yeah. or something like that. Well, yeah, because yeah. It, it was, it was a combination of that. And also the fact that he was still in his grid box when the lights went out. Yeah. So they were doing it frame by frame and you could see that literally one more frame, which is apparently like 0.07 of, of a second or 0.5 of a second, one more of those and he probably would have been out of his grid box and it would have been a penalty. But he was still in his grid box, the sensor didn't go off and he was within the parameters of that 0.2 of a second that he's allowed to react to it. I mean, it's, it's confusing it's, as hell. It's, it's confusing because, you, you know, it, it, it kind of, pe- people will now be going, well, that is technically the rule and just look into it and Vettel had his penalty, uh, didn't get a penalty in Japan, it's allowed. But, I think the question here is, should it be allowed? Because for for a Formula One fan that's especially new to the sport, that was literally a jump start. Like, 
yeah. I, I, I know i know technically a computer says it's not a jump start but a jump computer start is when yeah a jump start is when you go forward like before the lights go out that's a jump start so if you're a fan watching that it's it is again it's confusing you have to put it into like new fans perspective and people watching the sport and trying to learn it for the first time and doesn't have all this context and doesn't sit and listen to us chat rubbish about uh, a race after for two hours it the you know that needs to be cleared up for me because it's like that football game recently where the ball went over the line but because the referees watch didn't beep it wasn't a goal even though it was clearly a goal it's you can't you can't do that like the you can see it with your own eyes that it's a jump start it's very yeah. very odd and I, and I find it weird that there is those parameters that they're allowed to react yeah. or whatever it is that they call it because for me Bottas as much as yes he had a terrible start because he then had to re-engage the clutch and everything else he's in my opinion he said that it was you know down to a light on his dash changing or whatever but in my opinion he's risked it for the chocolate biscuit <laughs> Yeah. And it's and it's not paid off, yeah. Because surely that is the ju- if if he if he moves, he's gone for it. He's absolutely, you know, put all his eggs in one basket here. Thinks the light's going out, stops, and then loses positions. But for me, even though he has lost positions, that isn't even part of the reason why he wasn't given a penalty. It's just down to the fact that it was wasn't within the censors. But yeah, as you say, it just doesn't make much sense for for new fans. And you know, as much as us hardcores love reading and analyzing everything afterwards as you say the the general punter won't and i think that's one of the th- reasons why this sport never really grows into the territory of football it's because there's so many little nuances that you you watch and go well what why has that happened yeah w- this doesn't make sense and and i think it shows that i mean we've got um you know our, our following on twitter followers because they are no doubt formula one fans and these these are like knowledgeable Formula One fans still asking us after the race, why didn't Bottas get a penalty? Why is Haas got a penalty? Yeah. It's not, you have to put yourself into like the perspective that people aren't going to read for like three or four hours about like rules and regulations. It needs to be cleared during well, yeah, the race. They, they, you and need it needs the clarification on the screen. That's yeah. it. Like yeah, that's yeah. all you need. <laughs> yeah. It's so simple. And yet apparently it's, not put into the broadcast because it needs it needs to happen. So, but we can have Nico Rosberg. But... We can have Nico Rosberg cheering though. Oh, I mean that's <laughs> that's high quality content. Uh, Rosberg always seems to pop up, doesn't he? Anyway, let's move on. We've had a lot of ranting. Let's uh, let's calm down the the rant express and uh, move on to my three word race review. <laughs> I say rant. Yeah, I was thinking uh, that. over. <laughs> this isn't ranting. This is me just saying that my three word race review was had higher expectations. Now, obviously, you know, we're going into the race, the formation lap, Verstappen crashes, um, and, and we have a, a wet track, drying conditions, but they're still starting on intermediates. So you're thinking, this could be a banger. Yeah. But it wasn't, in my opinion. My expectations were higher than what the race actually was. The first, you know, few laps and when they were all pitting was interesting, but Hamilton had checked out. The midfield was great, don't get me wrong, but I think my expectations were higher due to the the circumstances and scenario we had in front of us. Um, Dan Hatton 18 says, where was the rain everyone expected (laughs) in five minutes? Oh God. I think think... we need to, I think we need to do an F101 video about what 
what superpower do Formula One cars have going around a racetrack that it means that rain doesn't fall in a in a specific area when it's always down the, the forecasts? Yeah, because they because there's a water park, isn't there nearby? And they oh, were, they don't were, don't please! I ranted on an IBR about that bloody <laughs> water park that they were talking about. I don't care. I oh, don't but, care yeah, if there's yeah. a blooming water park having rain. Oh yeah, I know, but that but that is that is it, isn't it? The fact that yeah, that's our luck. That why why is it always next door or after the podiums finish? Why isn't it ever yeah. on the track? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Cursed. We're cursed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we we were all very disappointed, weren't we? When uh, rain in nine laps, nine laps later, rain in nine laps. I yeah, think okay, rain in five, medium rain in five minutes. What on yeah. earth is re- medium rain? I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't, personally, I, I saw there was a lot of reaction that was like, oh my God, that's the most boring race I've ever seen. Uh, uh, uh. I did I personally, I do, yeah, personally don't agree with that. And I feel like maybe that I, I'm just, I've just grown immune to the rain in five minutes race now where I don't believe it. And I can just get my head around that it's not going to happen. And I don't get my hopes up anymore. God, that's um, really pessimistic. I know it's really pessimistic, but you're a, ga- I, a glass half empty <laughs> kind of guy, aren't you? Jeez. But I, uh, yeah, I, I personally um, thought the race was good. There's a lot of like nice midfield battles, but yeah, it was a shame that we didn't get the rain. And then obviously, it's never been the greatest track for overtaking, even though I do like the track. Yeah, it's not not the best. It's not one that I go, oh, Hungary this weekend. Yes, can't wait. It's always it's probably going to be boring. Let's hope for something crazy to happen. Um, T. Nevit, 1996. Is it time for F1 to finally drop the Hungarian Grand Prix? Sure, last year's charge from Lewis was great, but that's the only memorable moment from races in Hungary in the last five seasons. No, that's rubbish. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't agree with that either. I think there's been quite a few quite interesting races around Hungary it's been it's certainly been a lot of crashes and I know that Sky were milking that mm. um from yeah, I mean no, I, from I, I off the agree. top of my head 2015 was a banger 2014 was a banger 2011 was a banger Do you remember what 14 and 15 were Tommy for people wondering 15 was the race where Vettel won Kvyat got on the podium for Red Bull and, and the Mercedes I think just went off and there was a lot of craziness uh, 2014 was the one where Danny Rick, um, when the back when they still had the Pirelli rubber that just disintegrated, and Danny yeah. Rick won the race, uh, came back to beat Hamilton. And Actually, I guess to be fair, T. Nevitt still makes a point because if he says last five seasons, that's 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. So, oh wow, how, how 2015? No, 2015's last year, right? How, it's not. That's no, but in the last five <laughs> seasons, as in 20, as in now. As yeah, in, yeah. Okay. So fair. you've been done. Yeah, wow. yeah. I mean, Live last year. on the podcast, T. Nevitt 1996 takes down the founder. You have now been promoted to WTF1 founder. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Tommy. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I think Hungary's, Hungary's a good track. And I think it's, it's not right, the greatest yeah. for overtaking. But for, for me, I don't think it's necessarily has bad races like everything else. And I personally don't like... Uh, we've mentioned it a few times. Maybe, maybe Paul Ricard is justified, but I don't. I don't personally feel like uh, every time there's a bad race at a track, we need to be like get rid of it because no. um, the the 2022 cars as well, like you know, could provide great racing. And the thing I do like about Hungary, actually, just going on to why why I like Hungary, 
you you do get a different kind of overtake there, which I appreciate turn doesn't two. happen all the time. But turn two, Leclerc and Norris yeah. wheel banging. That that's awesome. Like I'd much rather see a couple of those in a race than slam dunk DRS passes down the main straight. So yeah, I don't. Think yeah, and F two delivered. Uh, I don't know if you you watch oh, F one yeah. T never F two T never, but but F two delivered. Uh, Formula One maybe hasn't been that great. Yeah, as, as you say in the previous seasons, but. And it's it's weird to think that Hungary doesn't get the, get these calls to to be dropped from the calendar from fans because it has about as many overtaking opportunities as Monaco because <laughs> yes. most of it is single file. The whole of pretty much the middle sector is, and towards the last sector, you don't really have too many opportunities at all. Um, but F two, I mean, it was amazing this weekend. You had all sorts of ridiculous overtakes happening because the tires were dropping off so quickly. Uh, I would love to see in Formula One tire warmers just taken out just just take them out it just show it just provides a little bit more entertainment um when you watch f2 and the guys coming out the pits and not having ridiculous tires to begin with because they have to warm them up um and it just provides that little bit of uncertainty that that formula one needs and i don't think that's uh too much to ask for no the the f2 race was was really good and 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 again formula two while you could argue that it's not necessarily a great thing for a stepping stone for a Formula One series, the reason it's so entertaining is because they do have the tyres that struggle again. And we, we did see that a little bit in that race, but maybe not enough because when Bottas pitted, wasn't he like three seconds a lap quicker and everyone went? But the thing is then everyone has to react straight away and and then they they chop off the undercut and then everyone pits at the same time. So it's that fine line between being able to pit and have a good strategy versus everyone coming in at the same time. And unfortunately, it didn't just it didn't quite work out with the tires. It could have been really spicy having like Bottas pitting for fresher tires and closing in on Max. And it did did come close. Maybe if we had another couple of laps, we would have had a nice battle and we would have got to see how much Bottas, you know, really wants to win this world title go, going for a move on Max. So that would have been interesting, but unfortunately, we run out of laps. Indeed. Uh, at Drummond underscore TX, I'm a newish fan. What makes overtaking at a circuit like this so difficult as opposed to a circuit like Austria? Well, corners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there you go. Moving on. No, uh, there's not really many heavy braking zones around Hungary. Obviously, you have turn one, which is the best opportunity to overtake. Turn two, you just have a couple of different lines that you can take through there, and it is pretty heavy braking as well. But then the rest of it is very much single file. It's narrow. There's chicanes. There's, you know, it's it's very tight and twisty. And then you get towards the end of the sector. And, and then again, like there's not really any sort of diving wide areas uh, in the last sector either. So that's what it makes just turn one and turn two the best opportunities because, well, DRS as well. Um, and, and DRS isn't really applicable anywhere else around the track. No, the drivers love it, don't they, uh, Hungary? Because I think it, it feels like a, a go-kart track. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the the thing with Hungary as well is you've got that main straight into the hairpin, which should be in theory good for overtaking, but that final corner um, isn't particularly great for dirty air. Um, when you're kind of coming around that final corner, it's quite hard to follow to then get a run. So it does require a kind of, like you say, Alex Albon on Grosjean dive bomb and hope they get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Right, maybe in, maybe to... in 2022, 
when, when yeah they're... hopefully maybe hungry will become an amazing track now yeah. uh in 2022 when uh, <laughs> we have less aero wash as they call it uh mercedes are they unbeatable mm. alex underscore hunt 90 will we see a clean sweep of race wins from mercedes this year and if not who will break that streak i love this question it brings so much joy that we have this question already being asked. No, they are not going to win every single race this year. It's not going to happen. There's going to be one anti- like just ridiculous race that happens. Yeah. They're not going to win every single one. If they do, then I'm fine with it because F1's back and that's all that matters. Yeah, when we get to race yeah. 15 and Mercedes won 15 break in a row. Red Bull. Red yeah, Verstappen will win a race. Yeah, yeah. We need a Germany crazy race or a double dnf for mercedes personally to feel like they um yeah to feel like it's going to happen but i d- i'll have a look at the weather really I mean, quickly what's well, the weather the saying for, uh, it's a couple of weeks so, isn't 14 it? days isn't it it's yeah, not particularly yeah. the accurate is it i keep thinking it's this, this next weekend i'm like yeah it's a back to back to back to back to back to back to back but it's not yeah we've been spoiled haven't we by just constant races but yeah, I think everybody needs a break, so uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll allow them this this week off. Go on, man. Uh, but yeah, you agree with Verstappen and and Red Bull? I think they'll get one. <laughs> but that's all the, that matters to stop the, a clean sweep. Yeah, the thing is, we say as long it every as they do year. It so that, yeah, we, sorry. sorry, you say it. We say it every year, don't we? And if you think that the 2014 to 2016 era was when literally Mercedes were on pole at every race and nothing realistically could beat them. You still had like three races a year where they didn't win. And even the McLaren, when they were dominant in the 80s, they they failed to win a race. So no one's ever done it where they've won every race. And it would take some incredible feat to do it. (laughs) It would take a shorter season. Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) It would take a really good car in a shorter season. And their main rivals being terrible. Oh, wait. (laughs) Oh, no. That's real. Uh, As long as he doesn't break Schumacher's record at... The, the Ferrari 1000 race. Yes, oh. did you see did you see that? If they uh if Lewis wins if every wins race. Every one. Yeah. Which I don't think is out the question, but um No, cuz he needs what six more, is it? Oh, as if it's only six now. That's insane. I think he's on 85 now, isn't he? Yeah, 90 poles yeah. as well. Oh my days. Oh god. <laughs> right, I'm going to have to get ready to to not cry when he beats Schumacher's record. Right, moving on. Luke Nun Dogs says, do you think that with the car Mercedes have got, it's possible for Lewis to reach or break Michael's win? Okay, brilliant. All right, that question. <laughs> Moving is, on. Yes. <laughs> yes, of course. He's gonna of course he's gonna break Michael's win record. He's six wins away. Unless Mercedes literally lose all funding and I mean, even if they didn't develop the car for the rest of the year, they'd probably still get six more wins. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that I can see it now, especially with the fact that there's not going to be many developments or upgrades for the teams between now and next year in terms of huge car uh, changes. Hamilton's going to have eight titles under his belt before 2022. I I can see him now with the way the Mercedes are that he could hit 10. Yeah. Yeah. Which is quite shocking because I don't think he's better than Michael Schumacher, but also it's just the situation you're in, isn't it? It's not like, you know, you, you can say that, Fernando Alonso deserves more than two, but it's just the, it's just it's luck of the draw a lot of the time because you need to be in the right team at the right time. Yeah, true. Although although I still don't buy the whole um, you know car thing because uh, in terms of like yes, you have to have a good car. It it works both ways, doesn't it? You have to have a good car to win the title. No one's ever won a world title not in a dominant or at least a very very good car. So 
yeah, Lewis has done everything he needs to do. And I mean, he, he still keeps but delivering. Shumi put the foundations down. He did all the work at Mercedes <laughs> and Lewis swooped in, took all the fame. I'm, I'm telling you that. I'm, you know, not, a fun boy. not a fun, fun conspiracy. Boy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we need Bottas to step up, if anything, if if it's really Please. not going to happen. But I mean, Bottas 3.0 lasted one weekend, so we shall see. Just every every single season, isn't it? Bottas just <laughs> seems to just fall away. Well, it's not supposed to be this early, Bottas. Come on, bring it back. Come on. Uh, let's talk about someone that did do a very good drive uh, this weekend, uh, and he deserves all the all the credit. It's Lance Stroll. Yes. Uh, at <laughs> I love how this is the question about it. At Mikel Coke, is Stroll actually underrated? I mean, why do we have to always talk about if someone's underrated, overrated, middle rated? <laughs> Like, it's the only can question talk I could. About Stroll yeah, okay, a good okay. Ignore ignore the question. It was just an excuse to talk about Stroll because people think that for whatever reason we don't like him and we never talk about him. But at the end of the day, he he. We've said so many times on this podcast that even the people that are not great drivers and Stroll hasn't been a particularly great driver and he's he's been decent, but not he's not done as much as you think he would. And, you know, he's still won F3 championships and done really well. And again, it goes back to the whole situation about having a good car. He's got this car now that can prove something. And he's, he's especially in that race, I mean, he, he wiped the floor with Perez this weekend, which is, I mean, what a time to do that. Absolutely. And I won't have people saying that we're horrible about him all the time. No. Sorry, but if you're getting knocked out in Q1 for about 12 consecutive races or whatever it was, don't don't quote me on that. That yeah. probably isn't that record, but he was getting knocked out all the time in Q1. He deserved the, the, the criticism that we and everyone else was giving him. Yes, he did decent race results, but he was never beating Perez. Yeah. Now we can say, look, you've had an amazing weekend stroll. You've beaten Perez completely, you know, wipe the floor with him it has to be said with both yeah. qualifying and the race so now i can very much say that lance stroll look you've d- you did a really good job and hands up you know you did a it's exactly what he needed wasn't um, it yeah so, and he needs to keep doing it and, yeah. and if he does so, <laughs> then fair play to him because i mean what a time to deliver that performance with all the rumors that sebastian vettel might be going to aston martin or racing point as it is now and there's been the whole thing about checo being potentially dropped and everyone hashtagging keep Checo. And like we're saying, like Lance has just delivered one of the, the greatest performances of his career when it really matters. So we shall see how the season pans out. Yeah, absolutely. We are not uh, against giving drivers praise when they deserve exactly. it. And Stroll deserved oh. criticism and then deserved some praise. There you absolutely. go. Uh, Verstappen won driver of the day, but it should have been the mechanics really, shouldn't it? Yeah. Um, at Sismit, could it be that Max? Okay, this, this, <laughs> this is conspiracy, and I love a conspiracy. Not I, I purely because you'd, I believe them, but I because it's like just this one. funny. Could it be? And hear me out, or hear this person out. Could it be that Max deliberately crashed so that he could alter the suspension? I'm a huge F1 and Max fan. I just happen to see them also working on the right side. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that would be illegal. I'm pretty no? sure that would be the boldest strategy call in the history of Formula One. Okay, to... Max, lock up going into the... <laughs> and just hit it hard enough that it breaks the front left, but not too hard 
that it just destroys the whole car. Yeah. And that we need to do it within 20 seconds of every... <laughs> we need to do all the setup changes, 20 seconds to spare. Yeah. All good? Yeah, that's what I wrote as well. Like, did you, did you see that thing that it was 25 seconds before they had to get off the grid and yeah. they finished it? Unbelievable from Red Bull. Like, fair play to him. Here I love is. that. I love, I love the fact that this person thinks it was a conspiracy theory. Um, they they work on all sides of the car uh, in terms of they stand there and make sure temperatures are right and you know tire blankets and all that good stuff. So it's not like they just would stand at the left side and that's yeah. it. Try the so, grid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Try the I mean, grid. <laughs> technically not allowed to do that either, are they? But Alvin got, got, got away, away with that. that. Yeah. Very strange. I don't know how they got away with that. I didn't see a replay of it. Did you? Um, apparently, um, from from what I heard. And this, if if this is true, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Um, they left it there, and it just happened to dry the track. And they were like, "Oh, we just, we just left the fan there." <laughs> now that's that's rubbish. <laughs> yeah, just drop that there. Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, I left it there. Yeah, yeah. no worries. I've left it there Shocking. and turned on. But yeah, uh, Verstappen was decently driver of the day. He had an amazing start, seventh to third. Uh, saw the saw the start, brilliant. Yeah. Um, use the outside line into turn one, which has been always the best line uh, in previous years, and, and he took that made a, uh, took advantage of it. Um, I think very closely followed by Stroll, and, and then Magnussen up there as well for me. But yeah, I can see why Max won driver of the day. Yeah, driver of the race certainly. It's it's one of those things where driver of the day when you've binned it in the wall on, yeah, the, yeah. on the formation lap. I can see why people are a little bit. He personally wasn't my. Driver of the day. We'll go into it in A B C D E F. Wow. I know, even me. Tommy Verstappen fanboy. I know. But I mean so back to back to fanboying about him. Um <laughs> <laughs> the it is funny, isn't it, that he's just gone off. He's had his car rebuilt with twenty seconds to go, and you think, right, maybe take it a little bit careful into turn one. Nope. Seven, nah. seventh to third, round the outside of everyone. That's just very Max Verstappen, isn't it? He doesn't have a filter, really, does he? If the one mistake he's going to make is before the race starts, then do it. Yeah, fair play. So it's a bit like right. uh, Vettel when he, in his dominant Red Bull area, always used to like bin it, didn't he, in uh, practice yeah. and smash up the car to smithereens, and then in the race. But that's because he wanted to change his suspension. Oh, right? he, oh, yes. Yeah. It's all coming yeah, out now, Red yeah, Bull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right now, it's time for. Now it's time for. rubbish because the jingle is playing now okay, okay so okay. the jingle's playing now. yeah now go okay. okay abcdf one time let's start from the bottom and go up oh latifi oh dear poor guy uh, um i i'd not i don't want to rate him mm, i was gonna say not too harshly because he was up to p10 oh wow yeah, on lap one and we thought this is the williams dream nicholas latifi staking his claim at the team but then got released out into Carlos Sainz, which was one of the most dangerous releases I've ever seen. I mean, where was Carlos going to go? And he nearly went, nearly went into the left side concrete wall. Yeah. Uh, then he obviously got the puncture, spun, and then after that, it was one of the worst races I've ever seen. Yeah. He finished five laps down. I oh, know. Bless him. It, it's, it just ruined his, his race, didn't it? The, the puncture, and it, it really did just start a kind of catalogue of errors, really. Um, you got to feel sorry for Williams because they were up there and just a, a very big they did the opposite didn't they of, of Vettel where they just 
let him out rather than Vettel who was left waiting for no reason they just let him yeah. out into traffic um yeah it's hard isn't it because e oh i think that's a bit harsh i think d. finished five laps down tommy yeah but his race was over from the from something that wasn't his fault really so i'd give him a d okay d fine uh russell george russell b b e, i yeah. mean his qualifying yeah, was mega, great qualifying um didn't see too much of him in the race it's a shame isn't it that williams look like they're We've had two or three races now where Williams look like, oh, come on, they're going to get going to get points here, and they've yeah. still ended up last. Yeah, sad, but they'll get there. They, they will, will get there. There's there's hope. We'll give him a B. Uh, Grosjean, uh, I'm going to give him a D. Mm, I think a C is fair. I don't. I think mm, really. Yeah. Didn't he finish like sixteenth? C. Um. Yeah, but he was in fourth. I guess. I guess the thing is, it's damage <laughs> from Albon, isn't it? Um, well, don't crash into Albon. Just let him. Through. Yeah, he should stop defending. Yeah, okay. It, yeah, I was thinking that the damage from Albon is what did it for him, but then it's partly his fault because even though it was yeah. an Albon, it's all lunch, about no time lost. Just yeah, let okay, him through. D. Give him wider berth. You know what I'm D saying? D for Grosjean. D for Grosjean. That's the biggest D I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Magnussen A borderline a star i think i mean he, there's no way he could have got anything else out of that car mm. i mean mm. that has is absolutely woeful he, i mean he's he's driver of the day for okay me. we're gonna give out magnuson an a star straight Let's out of the blocks it. lovely his Love first it. ever a star i can guarantee you that and i haven't <laughs> even looked at the records uh joe vanazzi oh, d again just no yeah uh... he's just a bit anonymous isn't he and doesn't really have yeah. the pace so yeah it's a shame because i thought he was <clears> going to be starting the season off well but yeah it's it's difficult to not be anonymous when you're in that Alfa Romeo at the moment. Um, but we've said people can do it. The good drivers can. can do it. Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc. Yeah. In the Sauber. Sebastian Vettel, okay, yeah. so Giovinazzi D, Raikkonen. He was doing all right. And then I, I don't really know what happened. I think he had a slow pit stop mm. because he was fighting <laughs> he, around. He Ocon takes areas. his time, as he says in the Alfa advert. Yeah. Oh, the worst advert <laughs> ever made. It just makes no sense whatsoever. C. But. See, I I want to give him a B. He was making moves. Uh, but I th- I'm pretty sure he was screwed over by his team because he was fighting Ocon. Okay. I mean, if you, you know more than, than me, I can't say that I was like completely yeah. invested in Raikkonen's race. I'm so. giving him a B. Okay. Lance Stroll. <clears throat> a. Star. Oh, A star. What more could he have done? I think he... Ins- he gapped Perez. Yeah. He's qualifying Beat him was by perfect. over half a minute. He got into Amazing P2 qualifying. at the start as well. I think, um, oh, actually, no, okay, A-star's fine. I, I was thinking um, he said himself something along the lines of uh, we should have got a podium, but I think it was the strategy call, which obviously it's not. you can't really oh, give him. Right, say. okay. I was going to say, how was he supposed to get a podium? Yeah. Who was he going to beat, Bottas or Verstappen? Come on, chill out. I guess he means the fact that Bottas undercut him and then they stayed out. Yeah, yeah. So I guess what they really should have done, uh, but then it is still difficult, isn't it? Because if they'd pitted earlier, Bottas could have easily probably just set a really quick lap time, then come into the pits. Maybe he had enough. Yeah, I can't so believe I, uh, I can't believe Bottas didn't get past him as well when he was behind. Him. I know <clears throat> decent pace. Yeah, has to be said. Um, but yeah, I am in, I am rather intrigued that Racing Point didn't kind of just throw caution to the wind a little bit and just almost cover off the undercut. Yeah, because. Leaving him out there, he was one hundred percent going to be undercut. If he at least risked it, 
they don't know how much grip Bottas has. So they could have potentially kept track position, whether they would have kept Bottas behind or not. Who knows? But it's a shame. It's yeah. a shame that they, they couldn't have at least fought for a podium. Okay, so <laughs> I, I still want a star. Perez? Uh, oh, very, very un-Perez-like. C. Yeah, definitely C. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kvyat? C again. Bit, bit anon- anonymous. Anonymous again, yeah. But I don't think... Gasly? Uh, Gasly's <laughs> just doing... I know he had like the engine problems, but he got into uh, Q3, didn't he, when... Kvyat didn't even get into Q1, out of Q1. So, I mean, Gasly's doing B, B, B? B, yeah. Yeah, B. Ocon. Oh, dear. Still being beaten by Ricardo at the moment. I think it's borderline D. didn't seem to have any pace and really disappointing. I'm very surprised. Yeah. I thought he'd take the fight. I'm disappointed and surprised. But three races in, let's see. You know, Ocon's got a multi-year contract, hasn't he? He has. Um. Let's see if he comes into his own because it must be difficult having a year out. Yeah. But at the same time, if this trend continues throughout the year, <clears throat> it could be uh, could be breaking for for chances of him moving up in the world of Formula One teams. Yeah. Uh, okay. So D Ricardo, B solid B, B. I think. Yeah, got everything yeah, out of the Renault he B. could. Um, Lando Norris, bit of an off day for him. He said that he could have done a hell of a lot more. So, gonna have to give him a D. Yeah, I thought that. It's definitely a C or a D. He admitted himself that, like, he said that McLaren had no pace, but him messing up the start just blew all their chances anyway. So, yeah. He's, I and mean, he was down in, like, 18th, wasn't he, for yeah. a while? So Nice little ba- uh, nice battles and stuff. But, yeah, not... Nice not battle with Leclerc, week. but still the overall performance, probably a D. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he'll fight back, though. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Sainz. <laughs> Again, McLaren a bit anonymous, maybe. Yeah, he was on the outskirts of the points, wasn't he? C or... Uh, I think... He's ninth, didn't he? Oh, he got yeah. He did a lot better than Lando. Maybe B. Yeah, B. Just into the B, I reckon. It's weird how McLaren have just kind of gone from these, uh, you know, really high performing round racing point sort of area to nowhere around Hungary. But I guess that just shows the different characteristics of the tracks. It's all about downforce, which is not what McLaren are boasting, is it? So yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, Alex Alban. C. I don't want to give him any more. Yeah, I was going to say like. Bad qualifying, struggled all weekend. People are, you know, saying, "Oh, you know, he got up to fifth. I'm like, what, what did he do? He's behind Stroll. Like, I mean, Verstappen's a... a minute down the road, <laughs> and and split the OP Mercedes. So, I yeah, mean, I know, so, I know, and, and Verstappen's, and and people always say like, "Oh, well, Verstappen's on another level," but he's got to be, he's got to be closer. He's got to be finishing fourth. <laughs> That's yeah, just, yeah, there's no, there's no way. That that isn't possible in that Red Bull. I know it's difficult. He has been struggling, and I am trying to be understanding. But at the same time, finishing behind Stroll by quite a margin as well, uh, yeah, deserves to see. I think yep. Verstappen. I want to say an A. Yeah, A. I don't Definitely think you can get after, can't get an A star after crashing and his qualifying even. Yeah, was was a bit poor as well. Yeah. Um, Vettel. I want to give him an A. I want to give him an A for that strategy call. Like. I mean, it absolutely saved his race. When you look at where Leclerc finished versus Vettel, it pretty much all came down to Vettel just going against Ferrari's strategy. And I think absolutely fair play to him for doing that. So, A. A for Vettel. Leclerc, D. Oh, he was out of the points, wasn't he? 
yeah. I guess it's one of those things where it's not totally his fault because well, of strategy, no, but I mean, but... Vettel shows that it kind of is though. That's the yeah, thing yeah. because he fought back and said, "Look, softs aren't going to work if it's drying out." Leclerc's gone with the strategy, which is fine. You're supposed to believe in your team, but there wasn't any element of questioning, uh, and that that kind of for me shows a four-time F1 champion knowing exactly what he wants and needs. Yeah, that's and very Leclerc true. maybe just kind of going with the flow and just agreeing with the team, which. You know, maybe in the future he he won't do. <laughs> he's naive. He's still new to Ferrari. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's it's borderline DNC. So I'll let you you. Uh, I'm giving Leclerc. Guy. I'm not going to even say the rest of that word. <laughs> um, a D grade for Leclerc. <laughs> that would that would have been clipped. Yeah. Uh, Valtteri Bottas. Oh, my oh. God. it's got to be a C. Yeah, I want to say a C. You can't, you can't, I think it's going to be a terrible start. Yeah, I think it's going to be a C, isn't it? If he doesn't, yeah. if, if a Mercedes doesn't finish second, they're getting a, a C. C. Yeah, 100%. Unless for, for whatever, unless it's a mechanical or something. So, yeah, Bottas should have done a lot better. Messed his start up. Didn't really, I mean, I mean, he was, we were saying about how close he was to Max at the end. If he'd have been a bit braver, maybe passing Stroll, or he had another moment where he went up the inside of someone and went off. Can't remember who it was. Uh, Leclerc, Leclerc, was it? I think. Yeah, up the inside at turn um, two when he went on the water. He might, he might have had to have been there at the end. So, not what we want to see when Hamilton's running away with it at the front. See for Bottas, and finally Lewis Hamilton. I think you can't give anything less than an A star to the lad. Nope, it's boring but Perfect. faultless. Perfect. I mean, he was seven seconds clear in about three laps, wasn't he? It's unbelievable. He just checked out. Too good. You have to admire it, but as an F one fan, it also hurts. Yeah. Simples. Simples. Simple. Right. Let's go into our Hungarian Grand Prix predictions. Good. Um, I said <laughs> uh, Perez podium. Mm. That well, well, that was the wrong person, and also still wrong. But so the zero points and Albon off the pace. I think that is fair to say that he was half a second or a lap slower at least of than Verstappen. Yeah, I mean, especially qualifying. It's a bit yeah. of a vague prediction, but we do. Hey, do I clarified half a second off, oh, and this is where I ruined it by going. To yeah, this. you absolutely screwed it. What were your two, Tommy? Mine was Russell knocks out a Renault in Q one, and he got into Q two and out qualified a Renault. But I was too specific, so I'm having half too a specific. Point. And I saw you on Twitter going, "Oh, I'm going to get half a point." You're not. No, what? I said I was going to give you two points if it was all right. I never said. That if you get because then I could just make seven elaborate claims into one prediction and go, well, that's three and a half points. Okay, well, I will I will remember this. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come at me with specific predictions and trying to do a me from Austria. Okay, okay. you can't be me. Okay, uh, and Vettel podium, um, absolutely not. No. It's fine. With this one point, we're now level again, so it makes it interesting. Okay. We've got to make it interesting for the fans, we Tommy. Have, yeah, Jeez. think of the content. Exactly. Uh, and the fans, Formula Avery, another wet qualifying? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, got it wrong. Uh, there, was, there wasn't any water, was there? Oh, I'm trying to remember now. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, you, it were was... Going, you were about to say, yeah. Weren't you? <laughs> no, it was just threat of rain, wasn't it, on the Saturday? Because the F2, yeah. F3 and the F. It was the F3 that was wet, wasn't it? And then it was dry by the time they started. So, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was like, I, I went, mm, that's wrong. And then I was thinking, was it? I can't remember back to Saturday yeah. now. It was definitely dry. Uh, and Josh T2110, oh, wow. no Mercedes on the podium. Why do you say no wow? I mean, just 
that is basically oh, how, 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 how wrong and ambitious it how is how unbelievably wrong it was but thanks for the uh, the ambition Josh Silverstone Grand Prix predictions the British Grand Prix even uh, my two were at least one Ferrari out before Q3 and Ocon beats Ricardo. nice yeah I don't know what in the race or in, uh, in the race. Yeah, I think maybe. I think Ferrari might struggle with their power unit around. Yeah, Silverstone. What's your two, Tommy? Mine is a Mercedes Racing Point top four. So, so Mercedes in yeah. whatever order, at least they're both in there. Yeah, both cars. Okay. Uh, and then it will be another threat of rain race, which I will. Oh, look at you! I mean, oh, it's England. God, you are something else, aren't you? I, uh, I mean, I've been shafted the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so you, you've I'm... gone from really specific to <laughs> there might be some precipitation at some point during the weekend. Uh, in the UK, right, the two fans in, in July. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel skews F one. Lewis says we have the best fans sat at home. I don't think that's going to happen, but good, good on you if it does. And Fiona underscore Sprayer Russell first point. That'd be nice. Possible. That'd be nice to see especially at his home race, even though there's no fans. But hey-ho, uh, very sad, actually, that we can't go. It would have been the Silver, uh, would have been the British Grand Prix this weekend just gone. So just want to say oh. we miss you. We'd love to have seen a lot of you that, that turn up and say hello. And it's my favourite weekend of the year by by, a, by quite a stretch, I would say. Um, so, yeah, I hope that everything gets back to normal soon so we can see some of you wonderful people that, that watch and listen to our content. So, uh, yeah, we love you lots. Agreed. Agreed indeed. And that's it. We're done. That's it. The WTF1 podcast is complete. Wherever you're listening or watching, please sure to either give it a thumbs up or five stars, nothing less. You know we deserve all of the stars. It uh, allows us to eat, although stars doesn't convert <laughs> convert to money. We we only eat stars. Milky Way yeah, magic show, stars. Show my reviews to, to Tesco cashier anyway right that's it thank you so much for for listening and watching and that is pretty much it if you want to get involved in terms of asking us questions make sure to be on social media twitter's the easiest way use the hashtag wtf1 podcast and that is it all right tommy it's been a pleasure speaking to you once again i'm turning to you as if you're here oh. uh you're actually just a washing bin but you're, you're uh, looking good a trophy with a pillow in it oh yeah you know it is it a first place it is it is the, the massive 24-hour one that you didn't win nice yeah, thanks. Cheers. <laughs> it's all right. Not like I was busy or anything. Anyway, right. Thanks so much, Tommy. Bye. Bye, everyone. Speak to you soon. Bye, everyone. See you later. Bye, Tommy. Bye, bye Tommy. Bye. Bye, bye Trophy. <laughs>